Welcome everyone to our conversation and welcome Danielle. So happy to get to have you join us and to share your insights with our Atlassian community. For this first journey, as we talk about just ourselves and our thoughts and really understanding our mindset and our mental health, I want to kind of level set and orient by recognizing that it feels like the conversation around mindset and mental health has really kind of increased over the last year or two, um, that it almost feels maybe even trendy as a topic. Um, And just wanted to open up by kind of getting your insights on that as someone who's worked in mental health for a very long time. Why do you think that in especially recent years, the topic has become so trendy, so prevalent? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think COVID is a big part of this because, you know, when the pandemic happened, when it started, it's almost like we were all living in a snow globe that's been shaking for the entirety of our lives. And then everything just stopped. And so someone set the snow globe down and everything that was already there, you know, the snow settled and we could see everything much more clearly. And a lot of people um, didn't have the distractions that they used to have um, or weren't moving at the pace that they used to have. And so all along it was, Ooh, I know my relationship with my partner wasn't great, but now when I can see it clearly, it's really, we're really struggling through some things or I didn't realize how terrible my body felt or yeah, my anxiety has taken a bigger toll than I realized. And I think I've just been calling it regular life now, but I didn't always feel like this. And so I think that's why you see this great resignation and you see so many people um, really reevaluating why am I here? What are my values? What are my priorities? Am I okay? What does okay even mean anymore? <laughs> And, and then starting to take some active steps. It was kind of a point, depending where you are in the world, but I'm in Texas. Um, and so for me, it was a lot of serious moments of, I cannot rely on anyone but myself and my household for the things that we want. It's not going to be necessarily my government. It's not going to be necessarily my community when I don't have access to them. And so what does it look like for me to start taking responsibility for my needs and the things that I'm wanting to change in my life? I love that analogy of the snow globe and of things settling and somewhat kind of of us being more forced to look at our own mindset and mental health directly Um, along those lines. Can you help us start with that foundation? As I think more and more of us are recognizing the importance of our mindset and mental health, I think many of us are also realizing that we don't have that great of a fundamental education about even what mindset and mental health is. So would you mind kind of sharing how you would define mindset and mental health and maybe even what the differences are between just mindset or when we're talking about mental health formally? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I conceptualized mindset sort of as kind of uh, either like our intention or our perspective around things. But the way that I see it is mindset is almost the natural consequence of our mental well-being, our mental and emotional well-being. If we're just focused on mindset, then sometimes it's kind of we're maybe learning trained behaviors or sometimes we're going into what mindset is definitely not, which is like toxic positivity and things like that, saying we're okay when we are clearly not okay. 
And so if we can start to foster first, like step one, our mental and emotional well-being, that is going to increase our capacity to be more mindful of our mindset and really help move through things with um, intention and choices rather than reacting. Right. Um, Well, going more into how we understand our own mental health, um, how would you recommend we start with even assessing our mental health and what kind of state or quality that that's in? Yeah, absolutely. Don't compare yourself to anybody else, (laughs) especially the um, presentation that you're seeing of somebody else on social media or how they show up at work, or how they show up to dinner, or whatever it may be. Um, We are very intellectual beings, and in some ways, we've intellectualized ourselves away from a lot of body wisdom. And so I really believe in working from the bottom up, because most of us have an experience of intellectually coming to a conclusion around something, and somatically, or physically, and emotionally not feeling any resolve. And so oftentimes it's not knowing the thing that we need to do. It's, it's some other things that are getting in the way. And so some tangible tips are getting back into your body. You know, you can say you're okay, but if you are clenching your fists and your jaw's been aching for days and you've had upset stomach for a week, then you're sort of disconnecting from your real experience. And so ways that I highly recommend on kind of tuning in, because you have to know where you are before you can make a, a you know, a a detailed plan about where you want to go is single tasking things. And that is literally just doing one thing and one thing only, which we're so good at multitasking, but brain research shows that we're actually just bouncing back and forth between individual tasks. And so what does it look like to, to wash my hands and bring my full awareness to the temperature of the water on my skin and the scent of the soap and what the sound makes when I rub my hands together And any memories that come to mind when I think of the smell or while I'm in this room or I'm at this sink, if there's a window, what can I see out of my window? And how do I just bring my full awareness and all of my senses into that one task? And if we can find little pockets throughout the day to do that, it's going to help you be more present just in your own experience. And from that place of presence, then you can start to evaluate, how am I doing? What am I needing? What are some things that are really going well for me that I want to continue to foster and nurture? And what are some things that I've absolutely neglected that I want to start to cultivate? I I love that you point out really kind of quieting down and tuning inward, something that I think most of us um, were so caught in the hustle and moving forward is almost a a complete lack of skill set that we have um, to really turn inward and ask ourselves what we need. What would be your recommendation when it feels like it gets hard to be able to do that? Um, Because it feels like we're so either having to react to our external circumstance or so caught in reacting to whatever work task we have, or if we have little ones in the house, or if we have partners, how how would you recommend um, that we make the time or the ability to tune inward and tune into our mental health when that just feels hard to even start to do. Easier said than done, right? <laughs> um, a big part of that is, um, so we have like our internal experience of things. And so what that's going to look like is, have you even allowed yourself the internal permission to choose your needs? 
and start to prior, prioritize your well-being. If we haven't given ourselves that internal permission, it's going to be a lot harder for us to communicate our boundaries and to maintain our boundaries. And no one's going to do that for us, unfortunately. Um, so that's going to be one piece of it. And then if you are, if it feels like you're kind of churning through your own life, like you're going through the motions and um, maybe going to the gym or meditating or writing in your journal, it's just like another to do, then check in to see if you're actually present for those. Um, that's going to be step one. Maybe you're doing it behaviorally, but you're not actually there for it. So you're not actually receiving the benefit of it. Number two, see if it's something that's even restorative to you. A lot of us um, are socialized towards certain things we should be doing, but if it does not resonate with you, if that doesn't feed your soul, if it doesn't nurture your body, let it go. It's not for you. If it is something that worked for you pre-pandemic, you are not the same person. <laughs> so maybe it is not the thing that works for you now. Um, and keep an eye on the shoulds. That should language is usually pretty shame-based and usually pretty... Um, a sign that maybe we've internalized a narrative that we may not even agree with. And so um, start little. That's my other thing. A lot of us are kind of a been, you know, marinating in this uh, instant gratification culture. And so you cannot do a complete life overhaul in a week, you know, scaffold it, pick one thing that you want to try to incorporate one or two times in the next week, see how it goes get your bearings about you and then add on to that. And so taking these small and incremental steps are also going to let you know, does this work for me? Do I need to tweak it a little bit? Um, or did I do this two years ago and it just is not the thing for me anymore? Fantastic. So as we start to wrap up this first chapter, we're about to move into chapters around triggers, uncomfortable emotions, and even working with someone else on our mental health. But before we wrap up, is there anything else you would want to add when it comes to just kind of our, our 101 around understanding our mindset, understanding our mental health? Yeah, I think the one thing I would add, because I get this from my clients all of the time, is we very much want to look outward for our healing. We want to look for the fast fix. We want to look for the thing that worked for so-and-so and then apply it the same carbon copy to ourselves. And that's not always going to be effective. And so while it seems counterintuitive, really going inward and tuning in with yourself is going to be the most helpful and sustainable step. I think also to kind of circle back to how we started the conversation, taking care of yourself has gotten real sexy and a lot of people are commodifying it, but that doesn't mean that everything that is available to you out there is research-based, um, is going deep enough to have sustainable long-term change and is going to work for you specifically. And so, you know, if you're going to bring someone else, I know we're going to talk about that in a little bit, but if you're going to bring someone else into your journey, um, there are certain questions you should be asking, do your homework. If it seems too good to be true, there's a good chance that it is. <laughs> this reminds me of a really wonderful quote. Um, actually in a past Atlassian conversation we had with uh, Dr. Tori Olds, who I think you might know, if she's in the Austin community. She had said at some point when we were talking about all of the different mental health trends and, and commodities out there, even though it's really exciting to see um, that there is no shortcut for 
a deep understanding and relationship with yourself. And that's always going to be kind of step one. Um, and that always resonated with me and so much reminds me of what you're, what you're talking about right now too. And that, that relationship with yourself is a living document because we're always changing and evolving. So it's not like it did my work. I know myself and I'm just going to coast into the sunset for the rest of my life. I never have to check in about anything else again. That would actually be quite boring, I think. Um, and so just knowing you're, it's a constant, there are seasons where there's a lot of ease to self-keeping and self-care. And then there are seasons where it is incredibly difficult and you really have to be vigilant about protecting the time and the strategies that work for you. Yeah. Great. Well, thank you for joining us for this first chapter. We are about to move on to our next chapter on triggers and uncomfortable emotions. We'll see you then.